Hello, people of God. So this is another episode of my podcast. Today I talk about embracing your call as a woman. And my scripture is from Judges chapter 4 verse 1 downwards. I read, And the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord. When Ehud was dead and the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan, that reigned in Hazel, the captain of whose host was Sisera, we dwelt in Harosheth of the Gentiles. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, for he had nine hundred chariots of iron. And twenty years he mightily oppressed the children of Israel. Make no mistake, embracing the calling of God is not an easy task. It's not for babies. Judges chapter 4 gives us a distinct account of a prophetess by name Deborah. This woman was a judge over Israel, a prophetess and a wife to Lapidoth. The scripture tells us that the people of Israel had been oppressed by Jabin the king of Canaan for 20 years. Deborah sends a message to Barak that God said he should gather 10,000 troops of Naphtali and Zebulun and concentrate them on Mount Tabor. But Barak said he wasn't going to go without Deborah and she agreed to go with her. The end and short of this is Deborah prophesied that the glory of the victory therefore belongs to a woman. Immediately the news got to Caesarea. He gathered 900 chariots of iron and a host of people. Then Deborah said, according to Judges chapter 4, verse 15, Go, this is the day the Lord has given Caesarea into your hands. Has not the Lord God gone ahead of you? So Barak went down Mount Tabor with 10,000 men following him. As the prophetess declared, Caesarea lost the battle and he went to the tent of Jael and told her not to tell anyone he was there. He asked of water, she gave him milk. He lied down to rest and slept off. Jael hammers a tent pin into his head and he died in his sleep. This brings us back to the prophecy of Deborah where she said glory of the victory therefore belongs to a woman. Jael killed Caesarea for Israel. God needed someone to do his assignment and he chose Deborah. Deborah was a godly woman. Can you execute an assignment as a woman? A godly woman is a woman after God's own heart. Are you after God's own heart? People always say that, okay, some people, I wouldn't say people because some people, there's this misconception about um, women not going into ministry, women shouldn't stand on the pulpit. I believe every soul is a soul. I have never heard of a female soul or a male soul. It just happens that some souls have the housing of a female and others have the housing of a male. Then suddenly God chooses a woman. Let me go back. God does not need your permission to bless the person sitting beside you. He chooses whom he wants to bless. Human beings will look at the outward but God looks at the heart. This means that God has never 
or ever had a problem with gender because gender I believe is just the housing being a woman doesn't stop you from ministering the word of God and ministering the word of God isn't all about what you see on the pulpit ministry can also be behind the scenes where you help the needy and where you touch lives Deborah was a woman a wife a judge and a prophetess Galatians 3.28 said there is neither Jew nor Greek there is neither bond nor free there is neither male nor female for ye are all one in Christ Jesus you can also do it if you are called my mentor shared an experience she had with me and I want to share with you she said she was invited to go and preach at a church and on her way to mount the pulpit as she was introduced she was mounting the pulpit and she saw some of the members leaving the church and talking to her hearing. Samuel, how can you bring a woman to come and minister the word of God to us? Are we kids? She said she was so broken, but she went ahead to minister to the few that remained seated. So I asked her, how were you able to do that? Because if it were to be, I would have been so broken that I'm not sure I would have been able to minister the word of God to the people. She said she came to a realization that not everyone will support what she was doing. And that very moment, she just said to herself that I came here to minister the word of God to the people. So if it's just for one person, I will still minister. So she went ahead and ministered to the few. There are people who have decided to twist the scriptures to sue themselves. If you allow people like this into your space, they will break your spirit if you are not strong. In embracing your call as a woman, know that you are not in competition with anyone. Embrace that call without comparing yourself to anyone. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 17 said, I said in my heart, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked for there is a time there for every purpose and for every work Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 11 said I return and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift nor the battle to the strong neither yet bread to the wise nor yet riches to men of understanding nor yet favor to men of skill but time and chance happeneth to them all I have received prophecies like, oh, you're going to minister so powerfully on pulpits. Um, you're your ministry is going to be like that of Catherine Coleman. The anointing you carry is like Catherine Coleman's anointing. But I sometimes sit down and I'm like, girl, bye, be gone. Erase it from your head. When will you get there? I watch my husband prophesying to people and I'm like, hey God, when, 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 when? But then what I didn't realize was these people paid a price. They had gone through certain phases to get to that level. They had made certain sacrifices to get there. I forgot that the calling of God was progressive and in his own time, he will mature you gradually into his plan. I believe Every experience you've gone through in life will affect your ministry. The process is a factor. And once you say yes to God, the rest will follow. Acts 17.20 says, 
says, and hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. God has a timetable for you to manifest your calling. Just like we have rainy season and dry season, that is how you should know your season in order for you to prepare yourself for what lies ahead. So for instance, if rainy season is where you have to be indoors and cover up to prevent the Accra rains to carry you away, or where no one wants to invite you to preach, and people are criticizing your efforts while you're doing your best, use those rainy days to learn, teach yourself, empower yourself, study the word of God. You will ask yourself questions and wonder why God chose you of all people to stress you like that. But in your rainy season days, God will empower your understanding because you chose to use those days to get more closer to God until he unveils you when the rains are over. All this process of learning, praying, empowering yourself is all part of the seed sowing. You were sowing seed into your own life. It's all part of the sacrifices. The rains go and the wetness begins to dry up. Then you begin to gain grounds because the ground is no longer slippery, but do not get comfortable when you feel like, okay, the rain has stopped. Learn, pray, worship God the more. Paul moved from not knowing God to wanting to know God, and his desire was fulfilled as he got intimate with the things of God. You begin to see the evidence of your harvest around this season. Then it will move from glory to glory, abundance to abundance. Reaping bountifully will be the reward. Never allow anyone or even yourself to make you feel like you don't deserve to be called. You deserve it. Whether ministry, your occupation, anything that you feel like, man, this is for me. Just go out there and grab it. Okay? Thank you so much for listening to me. 